Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. These are two of my closest friends. Wow. Well, me for this 30 minutes. And we <laughs> we, we are in the middle of a really, um, I don't know, this is a cool thing we're doing. This, oh, yeah. Well, kind of collaborating. We are collaborating. Uh, and funny you should mention collaborating because that's like one of our um, number six on the Decalogue wow. for Evangelization. Think of the odds, Ziggy. I'm not going to oh, read man. through all of the Decalogue again because we've done it at the beginning of every show and it takes like a minute away from our precious time. Yeah. So if you want to know more about it, sorry. Anyway, what we're going to talk about <laughs> is number six on the list. When we're evangelizing, mm-hmm. and again, I should say we, uh, this is what I have found in my attempts to evangelize, in my poor, pathetic little efforts to try and spread the good news, um, this is one of the ones that I think is important for us to understand, because it's not just about what we um, what we do on our own or what we think or what is, is best, but it's, like, it's, it's kind of like something that God endorses, Yes, mm-hmm. uh, and that is, that's collaborate. Right, you can collaborate to accomplish great things. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that sounds like you know some kind of corporate bumper sticker. I'm, I'm sure I've seen as I've walked past some disgruntled middle manager in some corporate office with a you know a little funny thing that's been xeroxed a hundred times hanging on his wall about collaboration. Or mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some really inspirational posters, right, with like two crickets holding up, you know, a kitten or something and <laughs> collaborate to achieve great things. You but, know? but we're called people, right? Jesus always wanted us to work together to some degree, to work in common mission with one another as a, as his body and as a church. Send them out in twos. Well, again, and that's I guess what I'm saying is I, this concept of collaboration is ratified from high on high. I mean, yes. it just literally. And if you stop, and you said we're people, and I, I, that's where I want to stop. Uh, so, no, that's where I'm going to start. <laughs> Good night, everybody. This is a short program. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> wow. 27 minutes of silence. You know. No, um, this is where I want to start. The fact that we are people. You know, the idea that we're actually born into community. Mm. Right? Because it, right. it literally takes two people to make us right mm-hmm. in, in terms right. of the, I mean the we're not going to go that's a whole nother program <laughs> you know we should have covered that like in biology and in grade school but 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 essentially we're born into a community we're born into a family with a mother and a father mm-hmm. and and there's a just a natural built-in tendency for us to be in community to be in family mm. right and obviously I think God from the very beginning ordained it first and foremost by presenting himself, revealing himself as a family of persons, mm-hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes. Right. Immediately uh, from, from the very beginnings of revolu- re- re- revolution. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> My comrades, this is what I'm trying to tell you. No, it, so he, for, of revelation, when, 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 he, when he reveals to us who he is, you know, let us make man in our image. And just the whole idea of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit means that 
that we're meant to be in family. We're meant to be in community because we come from community. Well, look at Adam, you know, Adam and his loneliness and, and God saying man is not meant to be alone. Yeah. Like, here's a giraffe. No, nope, that didn't work. What about, here's a, here's a polar bear that didn't end well, you know, <laughs> and, and until like, ah, at last one bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Right. Right. C- taken from his side to complete him. But he's by himself. If he doesn't have a suitable mate, he's necessarily by himself. Mm-hmm. And, and interestingly, he's incomplete. Mm. Right? So, so we're born for collaboration. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so, so let's talk about evangelizing and collaboration, what that technically means. I, there's a, I don't really have an order to all of what we, our, my little hand-scribbled show notes here. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I would just bring out immediately is the idea that um, another uh, corporate idea and that is two heads are better than one sure. i mean how many times have we been in well you know in any situation but specifically we've all had uh jobs except for sam we've all had jobs like you know important <laughs> big corporate jobs or whatever but you know like at the office that was mean, wasn't it, it was very mean because it's because sam understands <laughs> my hot dog stand is top notch <laughs> except it's all by him he's by himself he does the whole thing this is my hot dog stand not ours that's that's true. True. it's me and the hot dogs we're teaming up <laughs> that's right that's scarier than i can ever imagine <laughs> they all have names and backstories <laughs> okay stop we're, we're now we're seriously off path here uh but two heads are better than one and what's the obvious benefit Right there are things that you didn't think of. Exactly, there are angles that maybe you didn't contemplate. Right, right. There are gifts and charisms that you don't have. Yeah. And so if 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 God is going to, if He's going to do His work, right? If He's going to empower us, it's literally. And and what did Jesus do? He sent people off two by two. That's exactly right. You know, and it's like there's a reason why we we go in pairs. There's a reason why we go out together. And the Bible is clear about this in several different cases. And I think that's because. We can we can rely on each other. We can help each other. We can we can build each other up. Oh sure, look at the examples of of Paul's relationships that he had. There's Paul and Timothy. He was discipling Timothy. There's Paul and Barnabas. They worked walked in common mission to one another. Mm-hmm. There's Paul with regard to Peter, who laid hands upon him and made him a bishop. You know, they walked in common mission, but Peter was there and, and a prime with a position of primacy. And there was uh, Paul with George and Ringo. <laughs> John, you're right. John, they yeah. would have been nothing on their own. Well, yes. okay, never mind. They they all had solo careers except for Ringo. That's questionable. <laughs> but but I'm, but 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 you're right. So the Bible is replete with examples of of relationships that that God utilized those relationships to accomplish great things. Mm-hmm. Right. And and there's another note that I made to myself, and maybe this is because it was about me. But there's there's definitely an issue and a and a problem in the world with with pride. And personal oh, yeah. accomplishment, yep. right? I mean, and that's something that has to be guarded against because, obviously, it's like, look what I did, right? You know, there's a 20th century writer. I can't remember who it was. I want to say it's Gore Vidal, and he defined envy as when I see one of my friends accomplish something that I didn't. A little part of me dies. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> he said that that's how he. That's a definite. I think Bishop Barron used that as a definition yeah. of envy. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. So I mean, uh, and and we we there definitely can be problems because we don't have anybody sort of checking our teaching. What did Paul do? He ran back to Peter, right, to check his teaching. Right. Want to make sure I wasn't, you know, doing the wrong, saying the wrong things, mm-hmm. right? And so if we don't have someone there, our pride gets the best of us. We start taking credit uh, for things, right? And then we forget who to depend on. 
Holy Spirit. That's right. Amen. I'm so glad you said Holy Spirit without me having to gesture to you and say, Tom, this is that thing about the Holy Spirit you were talking <laughs> With about. With a little bird symbol. Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're exactly right. So Aren't it's you like. you on radio and not TV? <laughs> Man, I am. So, so you, Tom, you talk about the Holy Spirit because that's what you, you brought that up uh, in terms of like, that's a great partner to have. Well, you said it earlier, and that is, it's not about us, it's about him. And as long as we are holding each other accountable to that and realize, you know, hey, it's him getting to work, then we're not, we're we're able to avoid pride. We're able to avoid envy. Yeah, because the honest truth is, if we don't recognize, if we don't recognize where the power, where the glory, where the, where the love, where the mercy, where the everything is coming from, right, right, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, if we don't recognize that, we are susceptible to to essentially deluding ourselves yeah. that we're the reason, right? Yeah. And that's when he gets in lots of problems. The other part, too, is we start counting people as just numbers. You know, hey, I got another one in the boat. I got another one in the boat. Yeah, there, it's there's, not about numbers. Yeah, I know. And there's a tendency to do that, I think. And that again, I think that, I don't know if that comes from pride so much as, like, accomplishment. Look yeah. look, look what I did. Or, and even if you want to fool yourself into thinking it's not about uh, something personal, it becomes like, look at what we did. Yeah. Right, it, this was victorious, and and uh, I still remember a conversation I overheard while I was eating uh, some barbecue here in Memphis at the restaurant, and it was a, a lovely family that owns this barbecue restaurant, and they're Christians, and I remember hearing like one of the kids who they'd just gone, hey, where are you this weekend? We went on a mission trip to wherever. Uh, so how'd it go? We saved six hundred and seventy-three people. There you go. And, and there's a part of me that, uh, you know, of course, I, I was, you know, I didn't want them not to give me the barbecue, so I wasn't <laughs> going to criticize anything that they were going to say. But but I thought deep down inside, because I didn't want to judge them, uh, and they're wonderful people. But I just realized, like, I have to guard against that. I have to guard against thinking, like, well, how many listeners do we have? How many people's lives have we affected? Mm. Right, because if you think in terms of that, then you're looking at numbers. Right, then you get then you get tricked into believing that if I pray fifty nine thousand five hundred seventy six rosaries, I get to heaven. I get to heaven, and that's like it's so wrong. Right, right. If you pray if you pray one rosary with all the fervor and faith, right, and hopefully that'd be right before you died. <laughs> it would be better for you than doing the fifty five thousand nine hundred seventy six rosaries. Right. Right. Because what you're going to do is you're going to find out when you get to heaven, it's 967 rosaries. So sorry, <laughs> you were only off by one. Yeah, We're going to play the numbers game. Yep. You know, and so you're right. Don't not paying attention to the numbers and to uh, you know our personal goals. It's real easy. I mean that those like self help books and self improvement and management strategies. You know, if you just add the word God into a lot of those, they turn into books about. How to uh, you know evangelize and, and and become a minister? And you think, wow, that's kind of a dangerous thin line, mm. right? So what are you doing this for? Your glory or God's glory? Mm. And I and and I just I've just seen examples in my own life where I just I focus too much on what I'm doing, what my charism, what my gift is, and I shy away from and have to when I hear something like that was the best homily I've ever heard. I'm thinking like, well, you are a sad and pathetic creature because. You've only been exposed to that. That's it. That's the best. And I have to do that because I have to remind myself, this is not about me. And and, and honestly, I don't hear that all the time. You know, okay, I hear it all the time, but that's not the point. My point in all this is we are so tempted to take credit where credit is not due and just help people, 
you know, under, help, help, you know, we need to understand that that's the Holy Spirit at work. Exactly. Yeah. Amen. So now we have more things to cover on my laundry list of collaborating to share uh, the gospel, uh, collaborate to accomplish great things in evangelization. And we're going to continue down this Decalogue for evangelization right after we take a break. But before we take that break, I want to remind folks we've got a great website, The Catholic Cafe. Um, thecatholiccafe.com but also I'd love to hear from you send me an email I've been getting some great emails lately uh, and we'll have a show where we share some of those so uh, send me an email deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com also like us on Facebook on Instagram and Twitter like and share our posts and comment on them it makes a difference and with that we'll be right back I'm Bess Drzemski and this is another great moment in church history St. Monica is a North African saint who has inspired millions of Catholics to pray and hope for their family members who have fallen away from or who have never even approached the Church of Christ. She was married at an early age to a man of her parents' choosing. Her spouse was a pagan man with a secure income and an exalted position within the community. Unfortunately, he lacked integrity and basic virtue. He was unfaithful to their marital vows and abusive. A biographer of St. Monica's wrote, She knew, she saw, but she kept quiet and suffered in silence. She prayed and probably wept, but realized that the religion of the pagans condoned great moral degradation. Like so many women of her time, she had nowhere in the world to turn. So instead, she turned heavenward to the help of the Almighty. And help he did. St. Monica was so well known for her deep inner peace and holiness that she began to counsel other women who had unfaithful and wayward husbands. Because of her great witness to the love of Christ in her own life, her husband eventually renounced sin and became a Christian. He died soon after his conversion and left St. Monica with her children. One of her children was the famous St. Augustine of Hippo, who had completely renounced the Christian faith of his upbringing and was living a dissolute life. The saintly woman prayed, encouraged, and pleaded with her son, like any good mother is apt to do. She followed him from their home in North Africa to Rome, and finally to Milan. St. Monica prayed to God on her son's behalf for many, many years. She never lost hope, and she never stopped praying. After many turbulent years in the lives of both St. Monica and St. Augustine, her prayers were answered. St. Augustine is now one of the greatest and most revered fathers and doctors of the Church. Many of our stories are not as dramatic as St. Monica's or St. Augustine's, but we can all learn from her persistence and filial love. Family and friends have left or avoided the loving arms of the church for many and various reasons, but they all come back for the same reason, the experience of Christ's powerful love. St. Monica is a great witness to this love of Jesus Christ. Her persistence and gentle patience are a roadmap for our own lives and conversions. St. Monica's feast day is August 27th. I'm Bester Zimski, and this has been another great moment in church history.
welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. Everything's better the second time around. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with uh, Thomas P. Yes, sir. And, of course, Sammy Z. Yeehaw! Yeah, all right. So we are talking about uh, collaborating to achieve great things, part of our Decalogue for Evangelization. In fact, it's number six of the Decalogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're going down this list of just why collaboration is important in evangelization. And the one-man band, the one-man show, it just, I mean, you don't see examples of it. Mm-mm. right? You really don't see much many examples because even, you know, John the Baptist and people like that would always be involving others and, and going down to the river to baptize or pointing out and do, you know, and it's like we're, we just, we, it's, not a, it's not a solo gig here. Right. Right. And a lot of times I think we, we, uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of us look for that. Mm-hmm. You know, if we could just get Father so and so to come in here and do this, mm-hmm. right? We, we stop realizing just, um, I don't know, the, the power that God, uh, how God anoints all of us uh, with some of that power. And then when we, when we work together, those various gifts kind of pop up when, the, when it's necessary. You know, um, so here's another one I think we should uh, kind of address, and that's the situation of who should we collaborate with. Answer that Each question. Other. Everybody around that. Person. Well, I know, but you can't just go down to the uh, corner drugstore and like the pharmacist. Hey, you want to collaborate on some evangelization? <laughs> you know, that's not. I mean, wh- how do you how do you find what do you wh- where do you find the people that you're going to collaborate with? You know, one thing that comes to mind, there's an ancient practice within actually the Jewish people where they say that one of the highest mitzvahs that you can do, one of the highest sort of acts of charity that you can do is to, like, if you just became a, a lawyer, for example, to partner with somebody, if you're an established lawyer, a veteran lawyer, to partner with someone who just got their start. And that kind of a mentoring is a mentoring thing. Yeah, so looking for opportunities to where the strengths that you have could help shore up weaknesses that others might have making yourself available for a mentoring can make a huge difference yeah and you know what also interestingly i think that uh when you work with someone who is maybe um theoretically less of a an evangelizer than you are Mm -hmm. right if you were looking for someone if you were discipling someone like a timothy you know someone that was younger and newer to the game as it were I would imagine that that when Paul was with Timothy, I would imagine that Paul learned some things too. Oh, sure, yeah, right. So I'd imagine in this uh, uh, whatever highest form of mitzvah <laughs> that we're we're describing. I don't know what that is, but uh, high mitzvah. Um, <laughs> but in high mitzvah, that you would that you, that that both parties in that collaboration would accomplish greater things than if they were separated. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's one of the keys about evangelization. <clears throat> and I, I think also. That if you were to, um, if you were to seek out other people in the business, and I and I don't want to you know say bad things about evangelizing like it's some kind of business, but but if you were to seek out um, other people, you, you'd want to seek them out. I guess I mean you'd go to likely places, right? You you, you would go to to mass. Mm. You go to daily mass. Who's there? You know who, who are the people that you see daily? Who are the people you are seeing? That are in various classes, who uh, Bible study classes or or, or um, uh, apologetics classes, or who's reading the same books, and you can start to associate yourself with those people. And what you start to find out is that you're learning from people who have they're in the same arena, but you're starting to learn 
from them. Well, another thing that comes to mind is if you're a part, let's say, of a, of a men's group or a women's group within a church setting, and you've you've built authentic friendship with somebody within that church setting, you can draw upon other other people that you might have in a friendship friendship circle, invite them out to dinner together, and something that might have originally just been, you know, three guys getting together and having some beers or and wings. Make it where you're introducing that third person into that Christian dimension of your friendship with the uh, with, with the person from your men's group or women's group. Yeah, kind of like the Arcursio group. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, because a lot of things, a lot of great things have come out of that Arcursio oh, group. Tons. Our, ours has been together for what twenty years. Yep. And uh, and I, I just know that there's people that have come in, people who have gone out, mm-hmm. kind of migrated through. The group's still there. Yep. Um, I think you and I are probably the the still still because you were there before me. We are me. virtually the original guys. Yeah. But the point is, we've seen a lot of coming and going, right? Yeah. But also some some wonderful miracles, just yeah. some really cool stuff. I was I was just reviewing some applications for some men who feel called to the diaconate. And reading their uh, spiritual autobiography is kind of interesting. And actually, several people mention like Curcio groups as one of the one of the reasons or or why they decided they wanted to become a deacon, yeah, or, or one of the little factors that factored into why they want to become a deacon, why they think they might be called. That's and, great. And so, you, like, you start to realize that those are the kind of groups that they're, they're essentially ways in which um, ideas get generated, thoughts get generated, the Holy Spirit just comes alive uh, in That's in right. that environment. So. So uh, when we collaborate, it, it doesn't have to be like a formal collaboration, mm-hmm. although it can be. Mm-hmm. If you're like, hey, I, I, want to, I want to evangelize. I want to get involved in evangelization uh, and discipleship. Well, here's what I need to do. Uh, one thing you can do is you can form a group yourself. Right. That's right. Right? You, you can, there's, I mean, Jesus did it. He did. It's like, hey, I, I think I'll save the world. Hmm, let me start with uh, 12 apostles. <laughs> right? Let me, let me call these 12 guys. Right, which also is like from the Old Testament. You know, what did God do? He had these twelve tribes of Israel. That's right. Right. So he started with a group, mm-hmm. and so we we can think in that group mentality and amazing things. If you look at the the salvation of the world is brought uh, on by this group of apostles. There's there's there are opportunities for us as well uh, to do that. Yep. How powerful that is. Now. Um, I, this idea of like seeking out people, um, this idea of seeking out people, um, Sam, what do you think about like where where that might lead? How, how, what are we to look for? Well, something that comes to mind is that, you know a, f- a friend of the show is a man named Mike Bishop that we all love very much. Oh, I just felt hugged. I just felt hugged right there. Did you feel hugged, Tom? No, I, I hear his name and I feel hugged. And there's a phrase that he likes to use, which is "run to the anointing." And what he says is a lot of times the mistake that we can make when we're praying, we're really praying, asking God, God, anoint me for some mission. What is it you're calling me to do? And instead, what we should be doing is asking God to give us eyes to see what he's doing around us. And then when we're able to see what he's doing around us, we can then run to that anointing and then pour into uh, that anointing, whatever gifting we might have. It could just be for prayer, and, or it could be for encouragement, or could, there could be some concrete way uh, that our gifting could build upon what other people are already doing. But that's the, the secret of it, is being able to have eyes to see what God is doing and being spontaneous enough to jump into it and make yourself available. See, I think that brings together all the stuff we've been talking about, right? To avoid the concept of, Lord, anoint me. L- help me be that your hands. And, and th- those are good things to pray. 
but sometimes we can be led astray and it's all about me and what I can accomplish right so there's that pride and sort of the, the personal authority and all that, that that kind of stuff but at the same time um, this idea of like finding a group and being part of a group and the, the reality is do you form a group and maybe you just need to look like look around you and see amazing things that are happening mm-hmm. right and then I, you know what further that because so where is this this anointing and, and you can sometimes see ministry in action and you can recognize that sometimes you can actually just see a need mm-hmm. right so you, you you're running towards an anointing opportunity mm-hmm. right so you can actually see a need and, and and sometimes when you see that need, it's a sign that maybe you were called to recognize that need, and just don't go by yourself. Take somebody with you. Right. Right. Take somebody. That's why you got two hands. Mm-hmm. Right. Reach out, grab somebody, and um, and, and take them with you, mm-hmm. uh, because that's that's how great things are are certainly going to be a- accomplished uh, when we're doing these things. But then, so let's say we're in a group, Tom. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, what what do you think about in terms of like? Sort of being intentional about like communicating with the. I mean, when we're collaborating, what does that look like? For me, it looks like okay, just evaluate where this person might be in their spiritual journey, and then bring you into the equation. Let you know where I think they are, and then uh, bring Sam in as well. Bring as many guys as we can into around this person and invite I, them in. I can't tell you the number of times. That you've like called me or, or texted me or asked me like, right. hey, uh, what do you think about this? And uh, do you know anybody who might? Um, because you're asking those questions, right? Well, and also get to know the persons in your midst. Right. I, uh, we have a, a seminarian in our diocese. He's in his late fifties in seminary right now. He said, mm-hmm. "You know what? I might have become a priest at a much younger age if somebody just turned to me and said, you know, you might have a vocation.' You know, we actually did that in our group one time. We had a guy in our group." that was scratching his head wondering why he couldn't keep a job he kept bouncing around he and we we kept asking him questions and finally said has anybody ever mentioned to you about becoming a priest you know it's funny you brought that up it was mentioned to me about 20 years ago let's talk about that some more and the next thing you know he's he's becomes ordained priest yeah well you, I, I you know what it's just recognizing that stuff right. and right. and realizing how powerful and wonderful things happen in evangelization when you have when there's a when there's a collaboration involved, right, right. and so that's number six on the uh, on our our wonderful uh, list, our decalogue for evangelization, uh, and and I got to be honest with you, it's one of those underrated things because so often people don't see the power of uh, of being with others and what God can accomplish uh, in that process. So so we want to collaborate for evangelization, yeah. and yeah. you know what, a great person to have on your team, Mary, is the Blessed yeah. Virgin Mary. <laughs> Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.